High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everyone, David here with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I'm joined by the reposed, Rich Wisniewski. The co-host with the most! I don't know how to reprise. Oh, you said repose. <laughs> you didn't say reprise. You said repose. Yeah. Well, I only do my poetry as prose. I don't like to reprose myself. So when I spit a rhyme, it's only for one time. I never let it go out. Oh, well, I lost it. Sorry. No, no eight mile going on here, Dave. But you know what? I'll try sometimes. The bard let you down this afternoon. I can't believe you got it wrong twice. <laughs> Normally you get it wrong once, but twice. Repose like you're, you know, laying down for the long rest. Oh, the long sleep. The yeah. big journey. The worm eating farm. <laughs> the worm farm. Yeah, The worm that's right. farm. Yes, I hopefully will repose in a few years, like many, many but, years. Hopefully I got a few a, more. Hopefully I got a, a lot solid, of Gen Cons under my belt. That was a solid little nerd rap you you uh yeah. you started into that was, i know i think that was the best rap i'd heard from a nerd ever so good i was on you. channeling my inner oh my god who's the guy who's nerdcore oh bald head <laughs> nerdcore yeah you're good you're good who's, you're nerd, who's nerdcore? nerdcore who's the bald-headed guy that raps watch i'm going to the internet i've lost it i've lost nerd it core and it's going to come up with Nerdcore is a genre of music, blah, blah, blah. Nerdcore Wikipedia. Nerdcore. <laughs> th- oh, there he is right there. MC Funalot. Boom. <laughs> That's my hero, MC Funalot. There it is. Good. I'm glad you have a hero. And, and this has been Googling the Internet with Rich. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back to, to the Google show. Google the Internet with Rich. Is there Katrina. someone else on this call, Dave? There is Katrina. Do we have Welcome a guest? Back. We do. Hi. I know this voice. It's like I just appeared out of nowhere. This is like my, yeah. this is my Pack South attendee. What, what? Pack South? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, we've had you on several times. Obviously, you're in all of our RPGs mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. on a, a handful of episodes yeah. in the past. Glad to be so, back. Yeah. Uh, tonight, we will have already introduced it. So I'll skip that part. But uh, tonight, getting to talk about uh, some stuff that recently happened in our cyberpunk game and stuff that has happened many times in our games. <laughs> Something I strive for. For good yeah. and for bad. For some folks, it's a goal. For others, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's, a, a it's a thing that will never happen. Right. Mm, I mean, that's true. the, that's the thing is that like, there are some uh, dungeon masters out there. They're like, well, if I don't get one of these in the game, I feel like I've done something wrong rich I don't know yeah i know that guys. was aimed towards me <laughs> yeah and then there are others that are like the mere concept that this could happen at my table is anathema to everything i'm trying to do Ooh, write or that you word could down. be you could be playing in a system that doesn't allow it <sighs> yeah i've Ooh. written an entire rule book which would never allow for this event to ever occur How is <laughs> even, even though this game is supposed to challenge the players yeah this is something that like I think everybody has strong opinions about, and I'm super excited to get into PC death. Yeah, character death. Let's let's talk about it. Let's remember roll it out. you are not your character. I was gonna bring that up because since David and I had talked about doing this episode, and I've since I I've been editing the D and D basics, 
and we say it a lot in joking around, right? <laughs> like you are not your character. Right. And then like when it comes down to like the character death thing, like it can be heavy in some games and you have to remember you are not your character. So like Right. You know, yeah, you, you didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> you can grieve, but you can also grieve about right. your character, other people's characters. Um, but you know, there is that line line there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the the I think the the best way to really get this started is I want to I want to pick on you, Rich, because I think in HSG you were the first one to get a PC to die on stream. Yeah, and then it happened many times. So, what's your view of PC death, character death? That's a really interesting question. I should have been prepared for this episode since you told me about it beforehand. Um, <laughs> I look at the idea that I make someone that I'm bringing out in this world, right? And I'm, and I'm running through them. They're kind of a marionette on a string for me. And mm. so I play them different ways. And sometimes I play them fast and loose. Um, when we played Cyberpunk and I was that hacker kid, I didn't yeah. play him fast and loose. I played him smart, you know, a little bit of a smart aleck. Didn't get in too much trouble. Talked his way out of things instead of being boisterous. Right. But normally I do play kind of a boisterous, let me get in trouble, press the red button guy. And right. that is just part of the, that's part of the knife's edge you live on. And so yeah. that is even part of my character style that, hey, I could be out of the game. And you know what? Yeah. There's times it sucks because you're only halfway through the game and you're out and yeah. you're, you're done. <laughs> Your team's let down. They don't have your support character there. You're, you're let down because you, you just got to hang out the rest of the game and see what's going on. But um, I, you know, when we started playing back in the, um, oh, you know, the uh, in the 80s, you know, when we started playing, we had no concept of having any connection with our characters. So we wow. would just roll them up. We would roll them up and go have fun. And sometimes they lived and sometimes they died. But maybe we were thinking about it like a board game back then. That we didn't have much invested in them emotionally. Oh, we drew their pictures because on the basic sheet, you could draw pictures of what your character would look like. Yeah, there was a box for it. And, you know, we would write backstories, but they were completely washable. And I definitely remember having (laughs) sons of characters and brothers of characters and <laughs> sisters of characters to where you would keep the lineage of the name alive. I definitely yes. remember that. Yep. When you that's said support funny. characters, that's you're bringing in a support character. That's what immediately what I thought about. Cause yeah. in older editions, you would just be like, all right, this one's going to die. I already have a stable of yeah. people that yeah, are going to be there. We would do our will. We would have our own little will written mm-hmm. out. So yes. I will all of my belongings to Slutty yes. Barkfast, the <laughs> wizard. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like uh, Cyberpunk, the old uh, backstory system where you'd roll up your character's background and all that kind of stuff. In there, you rolled for siblings and they were intended to be oh. your stable of backup characters. If like your character died, their brother or sister or cousin or whatever would come looking for their stuff. Be like... Hey, I hear two bit passed away. I need his cyber deck because, you know, it's in the family. It's, it's his property. So we need to get it back. And then the and then that's an opportunity for the crew to be like, hey, no, no, no. You should totally do what two bit was doing because we'd still need a two bit. So why don't you <laughs> take this job over? Oh, OK, I guess I will since I'm here today. You're not and then boom, they're the crew. <laughs> yes. 
that's familiar though. Like uh, Shadowrun's the same kind of like you you're trying to run until you have enough money to get out, but honestly, you're probably just going to die. Like at some point, like right. So you have to be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that like a lot of game systems that I play are pretty lethal. Um, like even the basic D and D is like, Hey, you get poisoned characters dead. Yeah. There, there's no like hit points or nothing. It's like poisoned died. I, I <laughs> save versus death, right? Save yeah. versus poison. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then cyberpunk, uh, at least 2020 was, you could get one shot killed plenty yeah. in cyberpunk red. It's more of a two shot, three shot situation. But, um, unless you make it like a really tanky character, like it, I like to play in a lot of lethal systems. So like character death comes up. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, for me, I have to like preface my games to let players know what to expect. Because you hey, know what I was always really sad is if I rolled like a 17 on any of my attributes and then that character died, I was like, damn it, I'm never going to roll a 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> you're so bummed that the number passed yeah, away. <laughs> that's really what now that you're talking about it. And I'm going, that's what I missed the most was good scores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they get rid of that dude. You just do a point by and you can always have a 17. You can have a 17 on every character. Yeah. Point by. Point by. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I think when we look at the D&D basis game, when we had characters pass on, like, Katrina, you had some characters die. My character died once or twice. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Katrina kept falling in a pit one time. Okay, that was the first death. You said you weren't going to kill me, and then you did. Um, for the record, you dropped me in a pit. You poisoned me. You stabbed me to death. Let's let's refer Twice. that to the dice. Dropped you in a pit. The dice. Yeah, that is true. The dice did poisoned drop me in you. I just put all those things in front of you as challenges. <laughs> And you see, this is where character death can be fun. Look how it makes memorable stories. Right. And so I've never really hung out with anybody that got bummed about a character death. Oh, interesting. Like those were, uh, those character deaths were different. Like we were playing a game where we knew that Rich's ultimate goal was to kill us. Yeah, that's true. um, As part of of the the game and that was part of the fun right it was like right. oh, are we gonna get are we gonna get past rich are we it's, not gonna have a tpk it's kind of like playing tag like you running <laughs> and you're looking back and the gm is chasing you he's like always oh, gonna get you like ah, not today rich and then like oh he got me i died whoops all right well i guess i'm gonna make a new character <laughs> hey by the end of that i was great at making characters and, and yeah you really learned the system fast <laughs> I didn't really learn the system. I just knew how the point or the attributes were. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> but then there's other systems where, or a longer format as well, like, that you're playing, like you get very connected to your to your character. Um, you know, for example, like Cyberpunk or longer D&D campaigns or even like the Legend of the Five Rings game we played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when when you have a longer game, it's expected to see some more investment, especially in like what the character's been up to and all that kind of stuff. And I, as a GM, I take the view that before I start the game, I'm going to tell the players what character death means to me so that everybody knows what to expect out of me and the game. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so like when we started L5R, I was like, hey, this really lethal system. <laughs> like mm -hmm. there might be situations where you're safe and this the bad guy is not that bad, but like if a bunch of tens explode, I'm sorry, your character died. Oh and yeah, just... I think I died in that one L5R we did at Gen Con. Like yeah. immediately, mm -hmm. I challenged some dude to a duel, and then I'm just dead. Yep. And it was like, well, yep. that sucked. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy easy to die in that game, and it's like accidental death. You know, it's like, oh crap. Well, the dice just exploded, and you mm -hmm. lost all those hit points. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be really clear up front that like that can just happen. So prepare thyself, player. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in the cyberpunk game, I was very much like, hey, you know, PC death can happen in this world because you're dangerous people playing a dangerous game. But that's not my goal. Right. Right. And um, I think I, I it changes from game to game. I'll change what the expectation is for PC death. But for me, as a storyteller, as a GM, like I really have to make sure that the players know what's up before the game begins. Right, I I agree. Um, when I GM, like I want to put that out there as well. Like it could potentially happen. It's not my goal, but it is something that is on the table, especially for a longer form game. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like it makes good stories. It sucks, but it makes good stories. Um, I now need to add a new line to the first time I sit down with people at conventions. Dude, I don't think you do. I think it's clear. Okay, I you think, think it's clear in, in my synopsis of the game that they know what's yeah. going to happen. Okay, because yeah. I'm sitting here going, yeah. wow, I never talk about this in, in before my game start. You do. You do. You're you're like, hey, I'm the GM, you know, uh, it's player versus GM in my game. I mean, like you, <laughs> okay, you lay it I out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no. good. I feel better but now everybody knows I was feeling bad all of a sudden. No, uh -huh. you shouldn't feel bad. No, you, you, it's part of the fun. Like I said, it's like tag. Yeah. Right? Everybody's running, looking back over the shoulder at you. Ha, 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 I'm still alive. Ha, ha, ha. And you're like, I'm going to get you. And that's fun. Right. Because that's the context <laughs> of the setup. <laughs> now yeah. I, the last long, the last long running game that I ran probably went a year and a half. Oh. Um, and we worked through a module 3.5 edition and we had a couple character deaths in there, but you are correct. It no, it was mainly the standard three or four. The standard three did not die, and then there were two uh, that died and came back in. You know, the, you turn the corner. There's a guy you don't know. Now you trust him. He's in your party. Um, kind of scenario just to get the just to get everything back on wheels. Um, but yes, I wasn't necessarily playing tag with that one. But you know, I still played it heavy. You know, you mess up, you get hurt, you get hurt. Right. But there's also the difference between the fantasy games versus like the modern or postmodern games that we're playing like with Cyberpunk and Shadowrun. Like you can resurrect or raise somebody in most fantasy settings. Yeah. So like character death to a point, and I have definitely played in games where you get up in levels and like character death isn't a problem anymore because you can, you know, resurrect, you can use those spells. Right. Um, whereas like, cyberpunk things like that like they don't have that <laughs> right <laughs> like you're not you're dead you're dead um, yeah. yeah uh what is it i was in a pathfinder game and one of the players we we way overextended ourselves we took on a challenge we shouldn't have taken on and one of the players died and the characters scrambled to get you know part of her or all of her back to some priest and you know had resurrection cast and boop back in the game 
you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it sucked for a couple of hours, but then, you know, Hey, they're, they wake up and they look around like, Hey, what happened? And, uh, Okay, so that leads me to the question of, um, as we talked about getting ready for this episode, right? And I went and did all my hard work and, you know, um, you know, read a bunch of resources, got my notes. Because you're a professional. Right here. Yep, got yes. all my notes because I'm a pro, I'm a pro co-host with the most. Um, That's right. That led me to going, huh, look what I found and look what I read. And I went, I've never done any of these things, but have you guys ever done this to where, one of the ideas is exploring the afterlife with that character that's died. So just because they died, they're not in the main game, but having a whole little afterlife section. So that means you got to run two games, right? You got to run individual out by themselves in the afterlife, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of maybe a Gilgamesh thing going on here. And then the other groups doing what they do. And maybe there's some synergies that they can work together one from one side of the wall and one from the other side of the wall with the wall being life or death. Right. Right. I have not done that in like D and D, but I have done that in, um, werewolf, uh, the white wolf game, because there's this concept of the material world that we all live in. And then there's the Umbra or the spirit realm. Oh. I've totally had players die and then they're, you know, werewolf spirit lives on in the Umbra and the players can go visit them and interact with them. And if the character, if the player wants to keep that character going, they can with the understanding that, Hey, they're in this other, like other plane of existence that people visit. Um, and that was really cool. Like that was a really fun take on Cause it could never come back, but they no, were always, I, I think, yeah, you there. hit the nail on the head there on how, I was, you know, with their deities or somehow allowing for that. That sound, it almost sounds like playing cyberpunk and people go into um, the net space or they go into the internet. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. They jack in. They're yeah, now in a little bit of a separate conscious. game. Yeah, they've downloaded their consciousness or whatever to the yeah. net. Yeah. But that's, that makes me think like that really takes a dedicated GM and a very understanding player group to continue to have someone not in the the scene all the time like right off by his own because like we've talked before like having a net runner or something you know someone along those lines that's like a separate separate game for a little while and i can see that that would that experience could lead to that if it wasn't done right right yeah i think the way that ended up happening is the player eventually let go of the character but every so often they would visit them and then the player took them took that character back on as like this is what they would say this is how they'd react but mm-hmm. it was not the character they played regularly gotcha. um and 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 because of that change they visited a lot less you know so like there was a meta thing that happened is like oh well we don't have to go here to include this character now so we're just gonna or this player anymore so we're gonna visit a lot less right mm-hmm. because the 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 kind of agreement at the table, the social contract at the table had changed because right. they they no longer have to do that to keep the player engaged. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That is an interesting way to do it. Uh, I've also seen uh, if a, for like D and D, Matt Mercer of Critical Role um, had implemented a system of uh, in order to come back, you had to pass a difficulty check, and mm. that check could go up or down dependent on um, like the other players putting something into the resurrection. Oh, cool. Resurrection spells. So like, um, you know, words they would say, or, um, 
objects something that they would give. Yeah. And then, so then the, the, then he, the DM would roll a die to see if they would come back, if it was above or below that, that DC line. What's this Um, critical role you speak of? uh, It's just a show on the internet where they play role-playing games. It's very interesting. (laughs) Can I get to it with my PC computer? Yes. Uh Yes. Um, I believe they are on the interwebs, www.google.com. (laughs) <laughs> and then just type in there critical <laughs> role, role. <laughs> so when the people had to kick in um you know they were they were negotiating with matt. i guess they're negotiating with matt right uh, matt's dungeon master they're negotiating with him in a way had, could they kick in their valuable belongings like if i wanted to bring david back i could be like i shall destroy my loot of looting on the fun upon the fire um, was right. it that that's type of, that's, um, that's a good enough sacrifice. Thank you, Rich. I was yeah. really nervous. You'd be like, I'm a sacrifice. My gym socks. <laughs> Thanks buddy. Uh, Dave, I would sacrifice my best thing to bring you back. So, <laughs> so they're losing something substantial to them to bring yeah. this character back. Or was it more of, you know, like a critical role was a little bit, maybe more of role playing more of, um, um, you know, having a fun time and, and communicating. It was both. So, um, and I think uh, role play was very strong throughout. Um, they would, through role play, determine like what skill it was falling under. So, like if you were pleading, um, yeah, if you were like talking through it, uh, persuade. That's what the word I was looking for. You would want to persuade. Then you would beseech the gods or beseech, you know, the spirit of, and then. You, as that person, you would roll a check that Matt would make a DC on, and then he you, he wouldn't tell you what that DC was. Depending on how good was what you were, like, what you said, were you offering something that would actually make sense in this scenario or be something that was important to you or the person that you're trying to bring back? Um, and so your dice roll would determine that the DC of that actual resurrection. So if you succeeded on your dice roll, then the DC would lower for the actual resurrection. Mm. These are all written out somewhere. I'm sure someone that enjoys the show will know them better than me. And and honestly, (laughs) like some of that is just like, Hey, you just kind of make it up as you go. And like you tweak it as you need to. Cause that's, Mm -hmm. it's obviously a homebrew thing. And Mm -hmm. I've heard of others where I think this was like a second edition thing, where it's like, every time you came back, you lost a point of constitution. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and things like, Things like that. that. Um, you and so I even go back as far as first edition. Now that I right. think about that resurrection process, um, yeah. it's not without its penalties. Right. And I think the idea was, you know, they wanted to have some means, hey, this is a magical world. Can't, can't we undo this in some way? Mm-hmm. But still, like, not have it be free, you know, so it's just yeah. a hand-wavy thing. And I, I think that, there, that there's merit to that because i think we all understand that when a player character dies when that character in the game dies like that shouldn't mean something and if they can come back for free then it kind of didn't mean anything that's right Right. yep totally totally so and i know that there are players out there and gms out there that like would never have pc death happen in their game and if you're listening to this and you're like I just couldn't fathom having having this happen in my game. I get you. I totally get you. But you are taking something off the table that 
does influence the stories that you can tell, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, like the example I had where the werewolf died and that player had a cool thing going on. That was a cool story we got to tell that we wouldn't have if I didn't allow any PC death. Mm -hmm. um, I did mess up a PC death once when I was really early on. I, um, I let a, I had a sniper hunting a specific player and um she got her shot off and and downed him but he wasn't dead and then another player went out and picked up the body he was still alive the character still alive mm -hmm. and used him as a human shield against the sniper to run back to cover <laughs> and i was like well if you're gonna hold him up like that she's not gonna like not shoot again so that's messed up <laughs> so it happened and like and here's where it sucked because like, I couldn't think of a way for the NPC to not take that shot. Right. It's like, they're going to do it. They're going to hit because they're being held up. Like, uh, I don't know, a, a, a poster board piece of armor, you know, like it's just super big and easy. And so that, that PC who was wounded, but going to make it died. Yeah. And the player was very upset. And, I, at the time, didn't really understand what was going on because, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I, I waded into those waters without really considering things. And this was years and years ago, so I've learned a lot from this. Um, one, I don't think anybody at the table really expected that PC death could happen. Yeah. Right? Ooh. And then PC death did happen, and I felt kind of backed into it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really take ownership of it like I should have. And then three and four, the player was upset and I didn't do anything really to make that all go okay. Mm -hmm. And all the other players were like, whoa, we can just like get gacked in this game. And I was like, well, you know, and I, I, I waffled, you know, uh, I didn't take ownership, you know, and I was like, well, you know, this happened and then the thing picked them up. And so she shot again. Right. Cause that's what you would do. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but a PC just died. You know, like, like mm -hmm. I get the thing, the order of operations makes sense. But then like this really important thing happened and it feels like you're not understanding why that's important. And and so like, I think it's really important for everybody to one, know what you are comfortable with in your game and communicate that. But two, like check in with that player. Because I lost that player after that. that he didn't oh, play yeah. in my games ever again. You know, what's funny is you're, you're also talking about the growth experience of dungeon mastering over mm -hmm. time. Cause there was a, that way that, you know, nowadays, if you nailed someone and killed them in a game, you would just be like, that's the game, bro. I make the rules. That's just the way it goes. Actually, I want to slightly push back on that because we had, yeah. we had that experience. And while it wasn't a, you're totally, you're, you're dead. Like you're out. It was still a a moment where the player had to at least spoke up and said, "Hey, it's okay." Right. Right. So, and we're talking about one of the reasons why we're having this episode is that in a very recent game, Cyberpunk, my character died in a situation where, like, we, we knew someone was going to die, and. It turned out to be me, and I'm one of the more senior players at the at the table. Um, but it was just making like David knowing that I was okay with it, and 
and me knowing that David was okay with it so that we could tell a greater story at the end of it. Right. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. And so like our game, the Cyberpunk Red game has had some near misses. We've had some PCs real close to dying. Mm -hmm. And you can tell when a player is not okay with dying in a game. Like everything changes. Right. Oh, when their they're demeanor, like, how they're acting changes. in the game, their everything attitude, changes. their yeah. comments. Yeah. Yeah. Everything changes. They get mad. They go through the whole, like all stages of grief, like bartering and anger and all of it right there, right on screen. Right. And you see it play out. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. We're in dangerous waters here. And it was really cool in that scene because I didn't expect this to happen, but all the players were all split up in this facility. Like I've been thinking about that scene. All of you were alone. Yeah, the only ones that were close enough were uh, me and Vinton. And, and that was after Vinton and Runeweaver were together and they split up. And so there was smooth, like two or three combat rounds where all four of you, five of you were alone. Have you and guys never like, heard of the strategy, do not split the party? <laughs> like, there was a very difficult mission. Yeah. Did you guys we, talk but, about that like 80 times? Like, yes. never split the party? No, no, yeah. no, no. There was like, it was smooth in like, all right, we're here. Let's start splitting up into wow. different facets. That means someone dies. That's exactly and, what that means. And, well, well, and we knew it, it was a risk surface, it for the biscuit yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the surface, like we were all kind of joking with that someone's going to die because this is a real, this is a real bad idea that we're doing. Um, but actually, it was it was going well for the most part. Like yes, we had we did like trigger the alert right that did go off, but we were getting it done. The mission that we were going in for, we were getting it done. And then you yeah, got it done, right? Yep. And it was it was really on the way out that mm-hmm. everything went to shit because by then everybody's awake grenades have gone off in their own building um mm-hmm. stuff like that but having to talk more about the death itself like yeah. having you reach out to me via chat to say hey i'm okay mm-hmm. that as a gm is like okay cool i have a player who is willing to go in this direction with me mm-hmm. um so there's already a little bit of like care between us two to say all right this is possible and then it was about making sure that it in the story played out well, mm-hmm. right? And all of the players, all their characters that were shot to shit, a bunch of them were really close to dying. Vinton was close to dying. Yep. Um, uh, uh, Ethan, Ethan was close to dying. Yep. Um, I think the only one who was not super close was Runeweaver. The, all of you were close and and you were just the one that happened to die. Um and everybody was fighting so hard to keep Blue alive. And that was a really powerful moment. Like there was some really heavy moments in that, mm-hmm. in that thing, in that moment, in that scene. And everybody said stuff, did stuff, had like really important character changes that they wrote down to, hey, I'm going to go in this direction because of this thing happening in front of me. And like now we carry that forward into the game with all kinds of things going on where the pl- player characters are completely different going into chapter two than they were in chapter one. And it's all because blue died, not because the mission was successful or failed or whatever, all because blue died. Right. And we had to allow that to happen. Like right. we needed to be okay with that being the new story. Um, 
which I think we, and we did, we did that a, a good job of that at the end of that session. I think what was critically important to that was as soon as we got off the call and the conversation that we had after that, because of your, of your players, two of them are, were brand new to yeah. <laughs> two, like one of our, one of our players was brand new to gaming at all. This was only his second session. Yeah. So to have a character die, that's it, completely new to him and to, to Vinton. Right. Um, so all of us immediately checking in afterwards was really important. Yep. I, I learned a whole lot from that time when I was younger and I made a mistake because all the players looked at me like, dude, what's going on here? And so there was aftercare for you to make sure you were okay. And there was also aftercare for all the other players. Because wow. everyone's like, dude, I just saw this happen. What, what, you know, what, is this going to happen to my character? And I was like, hey, dude, let's talk about it, right? And let's, let's make sure everybody's okay and make sure everybody understands that, you know, this is a dangerous world and these things can happen. But the promise I made to everybody in the very beginning was if your character dies, it's going to matter. Right. It's going to matter in the game. It's going to matter in the story. The tribe is going to care about it. So like death is not a, is not something that gets thrown away in this game. Right. Mm -hmm. Now I'll run other games where it does get thrown away, but in this game, it's not going to get thrown away. And, and giving everybody that assurance meant that all the other players that were playing that night walked away knowing, okay, cool. This is a safe thing because it's not going to just happen willy nilly. And if it does happen, there's going, there's guaranteed follow on impacts. And I think all of them wrote up things about blue and about what happened. And they really like, I think they went above and beyond the call of duty there to be like, Hey, you know, Heather, here's all the cool stuff that your character meant to my character mm -hmm. in that scene. And I don't think a lot of crews do that. I don't know that a lot of crews should do that, but it was really cool that they did that mm -hmm. because I think that like, really fed into the yes this did matter and that did carry weight and it, it takes all this a lot of the sting of the death out of it i think yeah you know, I, I, oh you know what's crazy is um not mentioning any facebook groups i have belonged to in the past and groups i belong to now but some of them are older gamers and some of right. them are newer gamers and i bet if we posted this story in the older gamer section it would hit a lot of ridicule There'd be a lot of right. people that would mm -hmm. ridicule that. Hence why I'm no longer in some of those because I'm up for change. And I really enjoyed what just happened there. And that to me fits in with some of the more new school D&D groups that I'm part of where people are sharing and D&D &D has changed. It has yeah. grown. Um, role playing has changed and grown from the days when I was in the 80s telling you about how, ah, you tear that sheet up, that guy died. Um, there, there's really a lot more thought nowadays. There's people that have a lot more commitment and there's people that have a lot more care. And I think all those pieces that I just touched on are why it's going to become more successful in the future too. I think the old school attitudes, um, are, are just, um, oh, what's a great word I'm looking for here that are just dismissive of people's mm. emotions instead mm -hmm. of recognizing how people feel and allowing people to feel. And I, I think that was really awesome. Uh, so just a little side rant off my soapbox back to you guys. Well, no, but I, I agree. Like role-playing has come to a place now where you use it as a safe space to do things that you otherwise couldn't like 
you know, not just like plain fantasy dwarves and elves, but going in, you know, storming the castle or saving, saving the city or, you know, getting the, just the diamonds that you need. Like it's, it's that, but it's also learning how to talk to another person or, you know, learning how to read another person and finding camaraderie in, in all of that. And I think it definitely has changed from old school days where it was go in, go in, like go into a town. And if you're looking at one of those old modules, every, every like NPC, every store had like how much gold they had on them, how much gold was in the store. Because it was was expected that that those characters are probably going to go get all that stuff. And that is not necessarily what that, what, that D&D or Pathfinder or other games are like anymore. And legit, now when a player looks at me and says, I'm going to go hide so I can go pick the, the shopkeeper's pocket, I'm like, oh, really? God damn it. All right. <laughs> Don't you have any morals? <laughs> I was like, how much gold does this guy have on him? All right. He's got two gold. Really? That's all he's got? Yeah, dude. He it's lives his in pocket. A- yeah, I, but yeah, like you're absolutely right. It's like, don't you have morals? Like, do you really make me go through this right now? <laughs> it, is a, it definitely is a change and it's a good change. And I think that, you know, hearing Heather even kind of go into it that way, just it adds more to the idea of this character named Tom is where you were exploring those aspects. And so Tom was your mm-hmm. figurehead that you use to explore saving this or explore talking to other people or explore reading other people. So when Tom goes, that's kind of sad. That's a little bit of uh, that's a little bit of growth that's gone. Yeah. Um, when blue died, I, 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 I grieved, you know, not as just as like, this was a character that I was playing. Um, they had a whole story that was connected to another character and it was, it was difficult to for the first couple of days to like kind of think like back get back into like okay I need to make a new character but I should give myself time because of all this um and so yeah I was like I was sad for a couple of days because character I liked had just kicked it and but I still knew that like no the story is better and bigger than just this one character so- and not not every game is that way. Yeah. And I have a question for you. Having received all those write-ups from all the players, did that prolong your grieving? Because like you're reading, you're you're seeing your character anew through someone's eyes, and it's kind of like reading your own obituary kind of thing mm-hmm. in a way. Like, how did that impact it for you? I actually I think it helped. Um because I did get to see like what that impact was and where those stories were going to go. Um, cause most of the guys wrote like, this is, this is what happened. Blue died. And this is what they're going to do going forward or setting up so that when we go into the next chapter, that this is what they will do. And so it was, I think it helped for sure because I could see this is, I'm looking forward to playing in or watching these stories because oh, of this. Yeah. So I think it, I think it helped. Um, and I could like, you know, go back and, and read them or go back and like watch the, 
episode just to like see what everyone's reactions were when it happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very, I was very sad, but I am very excited to see what comes, comes next. That's a great point. Like I was always kind of curious about, well, what is it, you know, does it like encourage like wallowing in it? Mm-hmm. But it, it sounds like, no, it really is like, okay, cool. Now I see what the future is going to hold because of this. Mm-hmm. And you're jazzed to see that. Yeah. That, that's how it was for me. Um, and like that process can be short or it can be longer or whatever. Like I didn't immediately jump into character creation for my next character. Right. Um, I had ideas, but like I let that sit for a time. Um, but yeah, for me, it was more like, Oh, cool. All these, these things are going to happen because of, of that character death. Um, and yeah, for me, it was just, it was exciting to, to move on, I guess. All right. To, to, to pivot again, <laughs> when I was preparing for this episode and putting together all these notes you're a that I have right pro, here, pro I'm pro, pro podcaster, um, one of the, th- I was looking at this totally in a little bit of a different lens. This has been a great discussion. Mm-hmm. It really has. Cause uh, you heard me already talk about this afterlife idea, right? And mm-hmm. another thing that I had found doing some research was there was a, there was an adventure system called dungeon world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it was mm-hmm. a good system. Not going to say it had a big following. Not going to say it's even out there anymore, but it had this, this idea, this, you know, to steal a word out of, my my one of the friends of the show's Robert's mouth, a classic trope that you've died, right? You died in the game. This fits much more, I think, in D and D worlds than anywhere else. Hence, Dungeon World. But now you meet the Grim Reaper. Now you meet the man at the ferry. Now you meet the hangman or the the Grim Reaper, and you can bargain. Maybe it's a test of wits. Maybe it's a test of skill. Maybe it's a a future plot hook. And so, again, that was another idea I wrote down to bring in here is, would this be something you guys would do in your campaigns? And That's cool. I kind of look at that as, wow, I kind of looked at this very um, very two-dimensional, and you guys are looking at it very three-dimensional. I'm looking at it as more of a game mechanic, and you guys are looking at it more of an emotional situation that's happening for characters. Well, but it's all valid, I players, think, players. because, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's it's – like I like that because that allows uh, a moment for the player to have some say in what happens. Right. That's what I liked about it. They just didn't yeah. die. They could choose not to work a deal or they could use to work a deal. And guess what? Maybe now they got to go do a quest, right? Or right. maybe now mm-hmm. something bad's happening to them while they're on their, they're back in the game and they save their favorite character. But now they've got this albatross hanging around their neck. I, I read a story, I don't remember who it was or really where I read it, but I heard, you know, in D&D, you have to make death saves, mm-hmm. right? You have to make three or fail three or win three or whatever. And there's a bunch of systems that have this now, this whole death save concept. Um, uh, Cyberpunk has it too. It's it's had it, but it's always like pass fail. Like either you've made it and you're still bleeding out <laughs> mm-hmm. or you haven't made it and you die. Um, and that's how theirs has always been since like 89. But um Either way, I heard this one GM say, well, what I do is I tell my player, hey, roll your death saves in secret. Don't tell us what happened. And after three or four of them, the GM takes the player aside to another room and says, I don't care what was on the dice. Did your character live or die? That's a way to do it. 
and the and the player gets to decide. I want to oh, see the story after my agency character's dead. does that yeah. give them over the situation? Yeah, that is really neat. Yeah, so I I think I think there's something really important there. Like even in our story with you know Katrina and I, there is absolutely agency because you messaged me. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, and I was like, all right, cool. Boom. Agency delivered. We are okay to proceed with this. And I'm interested in seeing what happens after this. You're interested in seeing what happens after this. And so we did that without having some system in place. Right. Um, yeah. We just had like an emotional gut check real quickly. Hey, I'm cool. Are you cool? Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, but that's what it is though. Like yeah. we have played enough and played together enough to know that that check needed to probably happen. Right. You know, just that, hey, it, it's okay. Like, we yeah. don't need to prolong this. And that's something that you and I and maybe, like, Ethan knew because the three of us had played longer, but probably not expected by our the two other players that were playing. Right. That, like, it could happen that, that we couldn't just keep trying to wake it, her up. It, I think you're – it's really important – to note that the GM is also going through something, oh, right? Exactly. Like you, like you reaching out to me told me is okay. So like players, if you're ever in this situation, like actually I'm okay with my character dying, you should probably tell your GM, mm-hmm. right? Like I've seen GMs save a character and then the player is like, man, I wanted to get in trouble or I wanted, you know, like my character should have died. And now that they didn't, I feel like, I don't know, maybe something's wrong. Oh my and, gosh, what a great point that if... If you're rich, the red button pusher, by God, there should be some some weight to your action. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I keep if I keep not letting you burn your own hand, then you're like, why am I even running around here hitting all the pots and stoves that are on fires? You know, like I'm trying to burn my hand here because I think it'll be funny to see what happens or whatever. You know, I want the I want consequences for my actions. And when you don't deliver those, uh, some players get upset. They feel cheated. Okay out of part of the experience and so like as a player if you expect a certain outcome even a negative outcome for your character you should probably say something because the gm might be thinking oh i want this to stay fun so i can't let this get too real or too bad and the player is probably looking at you like come on do it come on you know like let's make something real happen here and uh, you know that stuff is important so like i love all those things like you mentioned rich and there's other systems we talked about where it's like Hey, let's just inject some raw agency real quick yeah. or some in-game, uh-huh. you know, in-theme agency mm-hmm. or what have you. But I really do think that when it comes around to, hey, this thing you've been working on for weeks or months or whatever, this character, they're, they're about, they maybe don't get to play ever again. So let's do a thing where we already know up front that it's, that they're just going to die and that's part of the fun or that we need to have a discussion um, before that happens. And I think a lot of systems have like, little rules for that but uh definitely there needs to be at least these days i think there needs to be some kind of discussion especially during the scene right and i think after the scene it's important not just for like the dm to check on the players the player you know the person that has died and then the other characters but for the players to check on the dm like that is super important um especially in like more serious games like gm just had to do something he probably didn't want to do and you also you need to reciprocate and make sure that they are okay as well it's kind of funky like there's i think um 
there's a lot of communities out there that really practice a lot of this kind of like high-end communication. And I think that that kind of stuff has really like permeated in the gaming sphere to be like, no, actually an abundance of communication means that we all get to be friends after this. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. if I go back to my bad example, I'm not friends with those gentlemen anymore. Right. Like a lot of the people that are in the, that game, none of them are my friends now. And I'm not saying that that when I handled the PC death poorly, it meant that we couldn't be friends anymore. But it was a black stone in right. in the in the in the pond. Right. And that was one of them. And there were others, but that was definitely one that I could have avoided if I was right. smarter about it, you know. And I think my last observation was along the ideas of player management through character death. If you're in a spot that it's, and this might be for young DMs or older DMs, but probably more in the idea of younger DMs that might be listening, that if um, you're using character death as a player management system, that that's not good classroom control would be kind of a, you know, an education term, you know, classroom management. So classroom management shouldn't be done through character death. You should be able to manage your players outside of the table. But I think that happens. I'm reading some Facebook posts of these new groups, you know, and I'm reading these people go, I got this player that's this, this, and this. I'm just going to kill their character. And I'm going, ooh, kids, you're missing it. You don't do yeah. classroom management by killing their character. That just helps breed bad habits. Right. Right, yeah. because you're not communicating and you're not teaching someone, you're not teaching the group that, hey, that thing that you keep doing is not a good thing. Rich, right. it was your job to bring the Doritos. You didn't. Minus one level or whatever. You're about to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Most it's of like, the ones yeah. I read in the, um, you know, the forum post that I'm on or the Facebook group, um, yep. it's usually yep. the annoying character or the annoying player. And so they yeah. want to just kill their character. So they leave the game and they're trying to just kind of push them away instead of dealing with it through words. As I think Heather just said, it's not, they're not doing communication. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're All being right. passive. <laughs> they're being passive aggressive. Yeah. Like you, I don't know if I just, I learned it as I got older or what, but you, you have to communicate with your players and your DM in order to make a story that you all are going to have fun playing like be you having that conversation about character death or just the game in general like open communications telling your dm like these are the kind of the things that i would like to do with this character throughout this time or your dm talking to you about hey you're kind of being a jackass like let's talk about what's going on and how we can make your character not be so like those are things that are very important. And lately, to say, speak to what Rich was saying, I've seen a lot of DMs, like the star DMs uh, in quotes there, come out and say, communication, it, you know, talk to your players about things. Right. Yeah. And, and exactly to your point, Rich, uh, killing off a character is not communication. That nope. is the absence of communication. That is all action, no talk. <laughs> Unless you're in one of my games, then killing the character <laughs> yeah. is an action. And it's when I laugh and I drop dice on your player sheet and I giggle. Well, of course, like David and I are, of course, talking about a serious, a more serious yeah. game. No, right? it, it, as we started well, talking more, always, but like, con games yeah. are their own world. Just like, you know, Tomb yeah. of Horrors did oh, yeah. nothing but kill characters. 
That's oh, yeah. all right. Tomb of Horrors yeah. did. But that's why you went to Gen Con and you played right. in that game was to see if you could win and how good you would do. This is fitting more in the lines of what happens with your year game, two year games and yeah. people really investing. But I think we have to talk about the Tomb of Horrors too, right? We have to acknowledge that there is a fun way to experience PC death. And there is like enjoyment that you can have if the game and the players are all into that direction, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the other way it could go where it's a super big deal. And, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about um, like no death. We've kind of mentioned it a little bit, yeah. but... It's one of those things that I love your like side yeah. here. It's like, I, you know, but, but you know, no death is like, really, what am I doing? Right. You know, I might as well be telling stories with people that have no consequences. Um, does that make sense? I don't like the idea of no death. I can put, Go I can ahead. put it two different, two different ways. So there is the first way, which is like game systems that are built. So characters do not die. I'm talking Tales from the Loop is the one that's on the top of my head. I know there are other ones, but the yeah. whole reason for that is Doctor because you're Who. playing Doctor Who RPG Doctor Who. that's not really made yeah. for their characters to die. They can, right. but it's not the way this game was made. Right. Right. So, like, those are games systems that don't have character death in them. They can. They have other long-lasting consequences, but not character death. Then there is your norm, your normal gaming group. And they just have decided that there will not be character death because they oh, want yeah. to see this out to level 20 if you're playing Pathfinder DD. Like, right. we want to see how powerful our characters can get without dying. And, and by the way, I have sat and talked with people that are part of gaming groups that do that. And, you know, so I'm sitting with half. So the other half's not there, but I'm sitting with the half and they're just kind of ticked about it because really? no matter what, they just always win. Oh, so, okay. That's okay. I think that's a different problem because not dying doesn't mean you're always winning, right? Like well, when it's I a can, hack and slash and you can I, keep hacking longer than they can slash. I mean, I can, I can screw up a party and I can make the story. Yeah, really go south. They True. might not be dead. You're gonna <laughs> but wish the you were. world around them is getting worse and worse and worse. But that's a fair point. That like if that if that um, if that is off the table, then that's one of the ways that failure can't happen. Um, and I think there's something about that. Like, I guess my hope is that anybody who's listening to this that is in the like never die camp hopefully we've given some food for thought to say like here's some things you could explore but anybody who's in the like always die camp i i do see it's kind of like playing a video game on easy mode like you just want to hear the story you know you don't want like if you're going to play doom and you can play it on like ultra hard mode that's going to murder you in every room or you can play it on yeah or you can just play it on easy mode and get all the story right and I completely understand someone who's like, look, I'm just here to blow off some steam and mm -hmm. like, I don't really want to worry about death. Um, maybe like uh, that person has experienced a lot of death in their life. Like, I just need this thing that gives me total escapism. That's valid. Like, that's great. And like, you should have a game that lets you do that if that's what you need. But I think Rich, to your point, there still needs to be some way for them to have setbacks. Right. 
and that can be tough if player death is not on the table. And I again, totally I, I'm that. used to playing hack and slashes, right? So I'm right. used to always being in that environment where it's a um, PVE. And so if you don't let the E get you, then the player just always wins. And right. so, yeah, but I love the idea of altering the environment around them. If they don't want to die, it could just get to where it's a hellish place to play. Right. Right. I will say, like, to caveat, like, everything that we have just said is there is no right oh, yeah. or wrong way yeah, to no play rules. D&D there's or to no play rules. RPGs. Like, yep. like, whatever you're having fun doing, whatever that might be, like, do that. What we are talking about is a scenario that happened within our group that we thought would be interesting to talk about and our perspectives are all different on that, but we all come back to however you're having fun playing your game, do that, do that thing. I'm yeah. adding the idea of negotiating with death into my next game. That's I love that. I, as this research brought me to that point of, Oh, you got to pay the ferryman, right? I was super excited to go, this could be a lot of fun. Let a character jump right back in, but now they have an albatross and they got to right. deal with this albatross while they're playing the rest of the game. That could be a ton of fun. And so this episode opened up a different door to me, but you know, on the long-term side of playing a game, it, it really opened my eyes to, um, you know, being cognizant of the players I'm playing with. Well, and I think that you are, like I have always felt like you you understand what your players are going through. Oh, Dave, you make me so and, happy. <laughs> but it's that it's that you set the expectation early on, and that's so important. Like I think to go all the way back to the beginning, setting proper expectation yes. is the world in this kind of topic, and that's yes. why I'm glad that we got to talk about this because, like, I think that PC death is one of those things that like we as a group have experienced it in lots of different ways already, mm -hmm. right? And the most recent method or mo most recent path with with our cyberpunk game was a really cool example of how it can be done in a in an interesting way that I think was great that we got to share. But, you know, to all of our kind of existences here, all of our experiences, like obviously we as players accept and enjoy a wide variety of game setups and they're all valid. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And I, I'm just, I'm just glad that we got to talk about this because it's one of those things that, like, I think that a lot of people come into this and they have like one opinion and they kind of don't care about the other opinions. Right. And I really feel like we have yep. lots of opinions in here and we enjoy all of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, I, it opened my eyes to some new ideas. I think this was a really great episode, and I hope, um, dear listener, I hope you guys get a, a kick out of this one and have some ideas for your own games. Yeah. Come out, come check out my new cyberpunk character. Yeah. The other one dead. <laughs> yeah. Your new cyberpunk, cyberpunk character looks badass too. Um, yeah. And, and listeners, if you have ways that you handle PC death, like other mechanics besides like negotiating with death or some of the other methods we were talking about, like let us know. Because these are just the things that we have found, right? And obviously mm -hmm. there's way more out there and I'd love to hear more about them. Like that'd be, it'd be kind of cool to have a, a little toolkit for GMs to be like, all right, how do I handle this? Like, well, let me show you 15 ways you can handle PC death. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's awesome. Like what Rich was saying about like meeting, meeting the man at the river, like, you know, there's totally different like story ways that you can do it or just, you know, bring it down to a dice roll. Like 
I think I think failure is not making any story happen from it at all. If the thing, if they die and it's never mentioned again, and it's like it was a throwaway moment, eh? You know, like even when we die in your rich in your game, rich, like we tell stories about that afterwards. You know, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, yeah. like if there's no story impact, then that was a that was a lost opportunity, really. All right, everybody. Go back to have fun with your crew. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Um, Katrina, you are doing a bunch of projects. I would love for you to share with everybody how to get a hold of you. You're like involved in all of our stuff. Obviously, you're running Tales from the Loop on HSG. You're doing other projects too. I'd love for you to kind of share those with the audience. Um, really, uh, I'm at, at Katrina on all the things. Uh, Tales from the Loop on Mondays on HSG. I yeah. am running that running that one so that's new for me but it's fun uh i'm also in the blades in the dark game on wednesday nights on hsg and our cyberpunk game on hsg um those are the online projects i have right now but i always want to talk about games so you can always check me out on twitter at at katrina oh do you hang out anywhere on discord Uh, do you mean, do, you, do, do I you, moderate do your you Discord, Discord much? Is there any way people can find you on Discord? <laughs> I am yep. also on Discord, especially at High Shelf Gaming Podcast mm, Discord, where, where I moderate for David and Rich on the High Shelf Gaming Discord. Indeed. Many, many <laughs> platforms, especially Discord, to get a hold of you. <laughs> especially Discord. Yeah. You can well, find me modding, moderating all of the HSG things. That's right. Wherever they may be. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wherever we are, you are. That's the, that's the, that's the joy of all of this. Um, I'm trying to steal Rich's position. That's what I started to do. Everyone's after my spot. <laughs> that's like why a, I kept saying the co-host with the most. <laughs> Dude, you should see me on Wednesday nights and every uh, every other game that we yeah, play. I, yeah, I your tagline gets stole. Bro, it gets dude, she's still my tagline. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God. Oh my god, flattery is, is or imitation is the highest form of flattery. Oh, we'll do god. it in this episode. Here in a minute. Speaking of everybody at home, thanks a ton for listening. As always, may all your roles be crits. Oh, have fun, everyone. <laughs> they both boxed me out. Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube, and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends. You're listening to High Shelf Gaming.